Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number one of Revelation chapter four, and we're going to be reading verse one of Revelation four. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, we're continuing in our study of the book of Revelation, and God has been revealing truth to the Apostle John, who is on the island of Patmos, to receive these things. And the Lord has just given John much information concerning the church age, in chapters 2 and 3. And now uh, we're moving on. And and that's why it says, after this, after these things, after God has been discussing the church age, now he's going to address some other areas of the gospel, some other aspects of his overall plan for this world. And we should not think that that means, okay, now... Um, the Lord will no longer talk about the church age again in the book of Revelation. It doesn't mean that. We have to take this book and actually any place in the Bible verse by verse. The book of Revelation is not set in chronological order. And that means that God could go back and address a point in time that would not follow naturally in time and and so we uh, again the best thing to do is to look at the verse and the context god is giving us and to compare that verse uh, scripture with scripture in order to see what the lord is saying without any preset ideas in our heads that uh, the order of things must follow some kind of pattern uh, will will be led astray if we're we're trying to make the book of Revelation fit a pattern. Well, now God is uh, giving John a vision. He looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. Now, this language of a door being open in heaven, we find some similar things in the book of Ezekiel with the prophet. Ezekiel, as it says in Ezekiel 1, verse 1, Now it came to pass in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chebar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. And then it goes on to discuss that vision of four living creatures. And it so happens that a little further along, in our study of Revelation chapter 4, we do read of what the King James Bible says are four beasts in verse 6 and, and the following verses. And that's an incorrect translation. Uh, the more accurate translation would be four living creatures. And it's a very similar language to Ezekiel's vision. And and so we find also that just as the heavens were open and Ezekiel saw these things, 
so too the Apostle John is given a glimpse into heaven as a door was open to allow him to see the things that we're reading here in this chapter in the book of Revelation. And it's really language that is describing the process of God giving divine revelation. We we also read in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, in verse 11, it says there, And saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth. And this is describing a vision that was given to Peter as he was upon the housetop to pray. And he saw heaven open and this vessel with unclean animals upon it descending. And again, heaven opening normally means that God is bringing some sort of divine revelation. And and that's what he's doing here in our verse. Behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me. Now, John is being given a glimpse, a look into heaven, but he's also hearing things as God is giving him this revelation. And the first voice that he heard was as of a trumpet. Now, that uh, should seem familiar to us. And the reason is that we have already read that back in Revelation chapter 1. It says in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. Now, there's no question that the one speaking, whose voice John heard as a great voice, as of a trumpet in Revelation 1.10, was the Lord Jesus. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And the Bible definitely assures us of that. And that means that Christ is continuing to talk to the Apostle John as he is moving uh, within him to see these things, to hear these things in order that John will be able to write them down. And all that he writes, uh, we, we know, is the Word of God. Holy men of God wrote as God moved them to do so. Every word of the Bible. This is the wonderful and beautiful thing about the Bible. It is divinely inspired. It comes forth from the mouth of God. And therefore it is perfect, without error, without sin of any kind. It is all good and faithful and we can trust it implicitly we we know that everything we read this is a wonderful feeling it's a wonderful um understanding because it is fact that we know everything that we read in the word of god is truth now of course we we know that 
translations can have certain faults and errors and and therefore we have to check things out against the original Greek and Hebrew but we do have the original Greek and Hebrew and that means we have the perfection of the scriptures we have the word of God without mistake well in our verse in Revelation chapter 4 as the apostle John heard this voice of a trumpet talking with him that is the voice of Christ and the voice of Christ is the word of God Jesus is the word made flesh and that means that when God instructs us as he does in Ezekiel 33 when he referred to his people as watchmen who uh, when they saw the sword coming were to blow the trumpet and warn the people that really the Lord was telling us when you see and understand these things from the word of God, that as you see judgment approaching the sword, then blow the trumpet. The trumpet is Christ. He is the word that is proclaim the word of God. Share the information from the Bible with everyone around you. And that is what the Lord's people did as we shared this information concerning the approaching day of judgment. And as as we share anything, it it is likened uh, to blowing the trumpet as we share anything from the word of God. Well, it goes on to say, after the trumpet is said to be talking with him, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. This is Christ talking as the sound of a trumpet with his apostle John. And he is telling John to come up hither. And uh, as he does so, the Lord will show him things which must be hereafter. And it's interesting that John, in a sense, is being lifted up. Uh, in order to receive this revelation from Christ. Now, we find that the Apostle Paul makes mention of this, of going up. Actually, the same word, uh, come up, is found in Galatians chapter 2, in verse 2, but I'm going to begin by reading verse 1. Then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. Now, we wonder, what does he mean that he went up by revelation? And notice here that he makes reference to 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem. And then in verse 2, and I went up by revelation. And then he speaks of communicating the gospel. Well, let's turn back to 2 Corinthians 12, and we we find Paul, who um, was the last of the apostles in the sense that the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and he, he became an apostle um, as God appointed him, and and he also had experiences of receiving divine revelation or revelation from God. 
And in 2 Corinthians 12, he tells us about this experience beginning in verse 1. It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Now there's the same number that was in Galatians. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, uh, Paul is um, referring to his experience. We know that because Galatians 2 Verse 2 says he went up by revelation. And here in 2 Corinthians 12, he's unsure whether this going up was bodily or not, whether he went up in spirit, that would be out of the body, or in the body, whether uh, literally his physical body went up into heaven to receive the revelation that God gave him. But he was caught up into the third heaven or into paradise and heard unspeakable words, glorious words, the words of God. And so John, too, is having an experience of being caught up. Come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And, you know, this is the great thing about the Bible. The great thing about the Bible compared to all other writings in the world, is that the author of the Bible is eternal God. God who knows the end from the beginning. God who writes from an eternal perspective. And that means that he has the whole spectrum of existence from eternity past to eternity future laid out before him, and and he sees all, he knows all, he's aware of all. And that results in him being able to um, speak with authority, to speak with knowledge, to speak with um, absolute truth concerning any event, whether it took place at some point in... Uh, eternity past or from the foundation of the world or whether it's taking place at some point in human history or whether the thing that God is speaking of will take place at some point in eternity future. God can uh, have full knowledge and awareness of all of these things because he inhabits eternity. Isaiah chapter 57, I think verse 15 tells us that as he dwells in all eternity. We don't know how that's possible. We don't know how one being, uh, even such an incredibly brilliant and enormous being as God can possess so much knowledge in his person and have the ability to know it all at once. 
but he does. And and that's the great thing about the Bible, that the Bible is written not from man's perspective of, well, we have a fairly good idea of what's going to take place today and somewhat of an idea what will happen tomorrow. And perhaps we know some of the things that will occur next week, but our understanding and our ability to know the future is extremely finite and limited and faulty. And once we go beyond any length of time at all, we we are sure to uh, uh, make errors and mistakes and, and have no real idea of things that will take place. But that is not the case with God. God knows perfectly every event that will unfold in time for this world. And beyond that, if we wanted to get specific, God could probably lay down all the events of eternity future as they will unfold. But, of course, we're we're concerned about this time period, Earth's uh, time period, the time period for this creation. And so God has written the Bible and hidden truth concerning the end of time. And he did this when he was um, bringing divine revelation, when he would give revelation to Moses or give revelation to David or give revelation to Ezekiel or Daniel or give revelation to the apostle John. Yes, thousands of years ago, John was receiving this information on Patmos, perhaps towards the end of the first century A.D., and now here we are in the 21st century, almost 2,000 years later. And, and you see why some people just can't believe the Bible will uh, reveal information concerning the end of the church age or judgment day and in any kind of specifics. How can really uh, the Bible, which was written so long ago, the, the latest writing of the Bible is almost 2,000 years old, and some of its earlier writing dates back 3,400 years about to the time when God gave revelation to Moses. That over 3,000 years ago, and you're going to make reference to scriptures, and you're going to say that the Bible pinpoints a day of judgment like May 21 of 2011, or that the Bible could precisely reveal a timeline for the judgment of the church of 8,400 days, and and then uh, you say there's a good possibility it can reveal a timeline for judgment day of 1,600 days. How can you you dare to be so exact it, it it sounds ridiculous to some people because they don't understand the brilliance of Almighty God. They fail to give him his due glory. They limit the Holy One of Israel and they think 
that it, it is somehow beyond him and above him and too difficult for him to have hidden these things in his word until the time of the end and then to unseal them. Of course, the child of God knows that's not the case. We know uh, that God can do all things. There's nothing that is too hard for him to do. And and that's why he could speak to Joseph concerning that seven-year famine and have the things said and the things as they worked out historically at that time apply to the Great Tribulation period in which which did come uh, at the end of the world for 23 years and, and so on. And so God is just making a simple statement to John as he says, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. 